Oh yeah, we'd be oh. in bad shape, or at least you would be. My voice, my voice is kind of gone because I feel like I've got some like stuff in my throat. But it was fine after the game, surprisingly. I gotta learn how to yell from my diaphragm. <laughs> I, I get it from way down deep. Ah, Mountaineer Nation. Time for the Jayhawks to invade. Before that, we're going to go back and take a look at what was an electric backyard brawl. Me and Zach will swap stories from our times in attendance. Some ticket disasters, let's just put it that way. We're also going to get into what we loved about JT. Going to also have our post-hit predictions because we said it in the last episode and we we meant it. You didn't know what you were going to get and we feel even better even after the result. We'll also get into C.J. Donaldson, that beast, and the game he had. But you guys know what to do. It's in the morning, grab that coffee, fill style. It's in the evening, grab the drink, and come on back because we're talking all things Mountaineer football, and there's reason to be optimistic. Let's go. Ah, fellas, it, it, we're finally back. It took took about a week to um, to digest this. I don't think therapy is necessary. Are, are, are we feeling therapy? Are you feeling therapy? Either one of you. Honestly, Maybe, I don't know. Honestly, being in the stadium when it all went down, like you were, Blaine, I don't know what you thought about right after we didn't have instant reaction with each other over the phone or anything like that, but as heartbreaking as that loss was and as just gut-wrenching as the pick, the pick six was that really killed us, it – Honestly, leaving the stadium, I felt more encouraged in a loss like that than I ever thought I could be, just based on all the things that you saw that that team is capable of and the fact that they they were flat out, in my opinion, the, the better, better team, team overall. Yep. Yep. I guess um, it's solid. I mean, that's a solid pit team. I'm not going to take anything from it. As much as I don't want to say eat shit yep. pit. Yeah. They've got a lot of good guys. Zach, let me – you know, it's interesting because I feel like the farther I've been removed from it, the better I've felt. Right after it happened, I'll be very honest. I was very disheartened. Um, ended up talking to to uh, a, a buddy of ours who we're eventually going to get in, in here with us uh, soon. Mystery guest we'll, we'll reveal later. Um, but – he he said, and it made sense. He's like, man, this just always seems to happen in this Neil Brown era. And I, I was thinking that way. But then I saw, then you started seeing the stream of, of text messages from people, right? Blaming Neil, blaming receivers. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not going there. And as tough as it was to deal with, I think in the end, it, it kind of, it, it proved, I guess we, I guess you, you want to say, um, I was encouraged like you, Zach, but I was still disheartened at the same time. Like it made me feel like, man, we could be better than we've been and still be eight and four, seven and five, which is disappointment because this team is better than that. Yeah, I get that. And CJ jump in here real quick after this, but I mean, I don't get me wrong. I was extremely destroyed by the fact that that game turned out the way it did, especially when it was right in our clutches. I mean, we, yep. we had them. We, we could dive into all the reasons why we didn't and things that need to be improved. But, but, but in reality, about, as a football team, that is a football team that can win games. Absolutely. And it's more – and I feel like more 
being more positive in the macro than the negative in the micro about right. this particular game, right? Now, I will say, and, and let's real quick dive into that micro aspect. And CJ, I, I do want to get a few things from you here, man. I, I want you to get in, but I do want to say this real quickly. And this will get into – got to talk about the, the, the ticket situation, which was a joke there too, Zach. But I saw that play, the pick six, right in front of me. And I saw that Devonshire run right down the sideline, right in front of me. And I think that was part of why I was so discouraged for a little – for the very beginning portion of after the game. And then also not being able to get a freaking Uber out of Pittsburgh. Uh, that's another story altogether as it well. It took us a bit too. Oh my goodness. Um, but regardless of the fact, man, JT Daniels put that ball on Reese Smith at the end. He's a pro. We're still gonna be a good team. And you know what? If you told me, and I heard someone who's you know football guy through and through said, if you tell Neil that they lose that game, but they played as well as they did, and he can use that the rest of the way, this might have been the best thing for this team. Yeah, I want to. I want to make a comment on that topic later. But CJ, what are you? What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I mean, the, the first 24 hours, and especially the first few hours after. I mean, it was, it, it was disheartening. It was hard to, to swallow because um, you had it right there. But the more I thought about it, the more I kind of digested it, um, thought back on it. Um, you know, listen to some, some other people and, and talking to some other folks, um, you know, started to really kind of feel good about where this was. And then it really turned, especially for me, uh, Monday, you know, Pat McAfee's show, he said something that was interesting and, and I had to agree with him that, you know, yeah, while the loss is disheartening, be very, be very, very happy where this program is. They're dangerous and they are. Um, and I, and I think the biggest takeaway for me was, is, you know, if you watch that game and of course you guys got to see it live, I mean, it, they were, JT Daniels took a beating, took oh, a yeah. beating. And but he kept getting up. Well, he kept getting up and that, that was kind of the, the nice thing. Joey's, we talked about it with JT, his, his injury history, but there were that to me is the biggest takeaway there there were two big takeaways and this was the biggest one is he took hits and he never lost kind of that that presence of himself the swagger i think the confidence right correct you, yeah. you looked at deggy last year and he took shots i mean look at the, the the bowl game i mean he took a shot where he got planted and i think they're still probably picking pieces of him up out of that turf in arizona and he would kind of lose his bearings. Like he got gun shy, he got rattled. And that to me is the biggest difference in that Daniels never did. He stayed confident in the game plan. He was still delivering the ball. Like he was hanging in there. And this team, there's a lot of positives now. They're, they're, you know, I, I don't think we want to harp on the negatives, but the offensive line's got to get better now. Uh, I'm going to disagree real it, quick, CJ. There's, there's one thing with the offensive line that needs to get better: the pre-snap portion. They blew pit off the football, running the ball. Now they did, but in pass the, the protection, pass, they got pit, owned. Hey, time out, time out. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let you do that. There was because, good and bad because that, yes, because that pit defensive line is probably one of the top three in the entire country. And, and and I will give you that. And but I mean, there there were at times 
guys on the end were getting absolutely housed and that that's got to get better. And that's now, something that we've, we've talked about, but I, I think the biggest story that comes out of this, and I don't know how many people are really talking about it is, and I'm a little biased because we share a name, but CJ Donaldson. I mean, I think plenty of people. In I think Mountain Your Nation's talking, talking about him. Well, I think Mountain yeah. talking about him. <laughs> and to me, and I'm, I'm not putting him in this realm, but did that not almost kind of what, because of what he is, and then they put him in the backfield? Like, it was, I started reminiscing a little bit. Now, it's nowhere near the, the level of what Tavon did against Oklahoma, but you kind of got that feel like he's a Swiss Army blade, and they're going to find ways to get him involved. Um, it's it's a little different, I think, because he he's not you know Tavon. I, but I know he's, he's not the general. I'm not trying to say he's apples to apples Tavon, but like him, just every time he touches the ball, I mean, it's one cut and go, and has nobody, a chance. Daniel said it. Nobody from Pitt wanted the tackle that did. No, like hey, he was a monster. Let me tell you guys this real quick. I liken him, and this is a different program, obviously. But if you remember Devin Johnson, the late Devin Johnson at Marshall. That's who CJ Donaldson reminds me of. A six foot two, 245 pound bowling ball that can run a four three. That's what he is. And Devin Johnson was getting in the Heisman Trophy conversations in Conference USA back when they had Cato and everything. I think that's who he is. I'm excited to see this kid keep growing. I mean, yeah. no, it's going to be awesome. I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, that's actually a really good comparison, Blaine. Um, but I want to ask you guys this because I want to get your opinion because you saw it live. You were kind of in the stadium. I was watching it on TV. Did it feel like to you Donaldson was a better option in the backfield than Mathis? I think he ran a little differently, and I think that he might have caught Pitt a little off guard, even though he broke off multiple long runs. I mean, he was hitting the hole as soon as it got there. Yeah, I'll also yeah, say it, I think it looked the holes on TV little... like Tony was dancing a little. Yeah, but I'll also say Mathis in the second half I think was fine. I think he, we Donaldson, started getting more push in the second yeah, half. We wore think, them out. Yeah, I think Donaldson to some extent had uh, had the luxury of getting the ball a little more in the second half when that push was a little bit more uh, prolific, obviously, and he had some huge holes on a couple of those runs. He I mean, did. I think we could have got fifteen a pop. CJ, me and you, Zach. I give you twenty five. I bet you're still a little yeah. faster than me. But um, that's. I mean, Donaldson was man. He was a force. And yeah, and I mean, it's he was that, a horse. Yeah, he that was. to me was 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 really good to see because it gives this this team, I think, with him, kind of a little bit more options and dimensions. But like I said, there there was any anytime you have a loss, there's negatives. But I think if if you're a whole, you're staring at this at least. Mountaineer Nation should be staring at this going, okay, you know what? This is a this is a damn good football team, and there's a lot to be proud of and a lot to look forward to. And uh, one last thing on Donaldson. I mean, for those that don't know at this point, somehow if you've not been paying attention at all, this kid got a lot of hype out of camp. And, like, the coaches, the later and later into camp it got, the more they were hyping him up, talking like, we got to get this guy on the field. He was recruited – it's a tight end. Yep. It's a tight end by trade. He only the only real offer he got was from Tulane until WVU swept in, and thank God we did because this dude's a baller. And like when you're coming in as a true freshman, I mean, obviously there are true freshmen around the country that you know make instant impacts and things like that. But you've got a guy who came in as a tight end playing running back, 
against a legitimate opponent at their place, biggest rivalry for West Virginia there is, one of the biggest rivalries in college football, and he just goes out there and performs. Not only does he run for 125 on seven totes, blocks a punt, man. Very next play, yep, yep. carries dudes into the end zone. This guy's a beast. And I'm not saying that he's going to go out and do this every game of his career, even against Kansas or even Towson. You just don't know. It's hard to replicate those games, especially as a young guy. But I'm really interested to see, with that tight end background, how they use him as a receiver because they can move him around the formation, move him from the backfield to the line. I mean, he's got a lot of versatility, and you need guys like that to be successful. Oh, absolutely, Zach. And I think that versatility comment, I think, is maybe the most crucial part of what you said. His ability to – we didn't even see this really on Thursday – catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. And also, it'll help Mathis something. It's going to help soften up the, the you know, the defense for the wideouts as well. Like, and man, I think about it this way. They put up 31. could have been maybe even a little bit more points on a pit defense that had a lot coming back from one of the probably top – 10 units in the entire country last year. So, I mean, we, we've got a lot to be happy about. Um, do we want to real quickly get on a few of the negatives from that micro-wise in this game? I think the I, first one I want to hit – go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm wondering, I want to say one thing on top, just kind of, you know, build on what you said about having positives to take out of that. Obviously, you're never happy with a loss. You're definitely never happy with a loss to a team like Pitt. Right, just hate with everything in you. And just to say, my hatred for Pitt was there. But actually being there, being around Pitt fans and just all that, everything that goes into the brawl, it it just like lit me on fire. Solidified it, didn't it? I'm I'm so much more invested in that hatred than I ever had been. It's so funny, Zach, because like we're down there. We got and, – and let's go ahead and get into the ticket story real quick before we get to negative. Another positive, at least for me, I think might be turning into a negative for you. StubHub did not get our tickets to us on time. So we ended up getting tickets in the lower level when we should have been upper. And we were around a lot of pit people. And, man, no energy from their crowd a lot of times. Like, we had them like, is this all you guys got? Like, we were like, you know, come on, give us a little something. Kind of like uh, Happy Gilmore did, did in the movie. Like, right. It's like, can y'all do something? Give us a little energy here. And I um, want to ask this because they kept saying it on the broadcast that it was like 60 40 pit WV. I would, I would that, agree. Was that fair? I would agree. Okay. Because, Blaine, you can you can put your two cents on it, but I, I honestly got the feel from that perspective that it was a slightly more favorable pit crowd for a couple of reasons. One, we were in the upper section, which granted, I, got a, I had a situation like you did with StubHub where my upper level tickets didn't come in and then I ended up getting a really good lower ticket, but I just went ahead and sat up in the yep. basically nosebleeds at the front of mine because people in their section didn't claim their tickets. Got really lucky there to get to sit with them, but I was on the WVU side looking across and I mean, it was everywhere I could see was mostly pit blue. I mean, it's kind of hard to distinguish and I was going to say, I think it's colorblindness, but I, I think it's very hard to distinguish. I would almost say 50, 50, if if not, maybe they were there, and I think a lot of that seventy five twenty five we talked about prior not was, due to, was due to a lot of pit people kind of jank, jerking our chains a little bit, yeah, and not and, releasing those tickets, yeah. And I, Evan, I, I yep, I'm going to say too, in addition to just kind of seeing that spread of what appeared to be pit blue, I felt like whenever West Virginia had the ball, 
there was a little more noise coming from the fans, like trying to, you know, make it hard on them, getting their snaps and everything off clean, just like making it a little noisier than when Pitt had the ball. Mm. And there was no true momentum. I felt like it was quieter. And that's kind of one of the indicators to me that – because, I mean, when things were happening for either side, it was crazy. Like, the place was going nuts, and you yep. couldn't really tell a huge disparity in noise. It was just loud in general. But exactly. in situations you know like that, there was noise coming from Pitt whenever West Virginia had the ball. I'll, I'll go ahead and say I think you've got a point. I think probably if you really get down to it, it was probably about split, and then the student section gave Pitt the edge. That's fair. I think that's probably what it was, if, if I'm being – is as honest as I can be about it. I think that's probably what it was. I could I can get behind that. Yeah, and that's that's fine. I, I, I do find it kind of odd though in in a city in Pittsburgh that's you know had some had some big sporting events and big moments that that's the largest crowd in Pitt I thought Pittsburgh sports history. Like that to me is just unreal. We gotta think about it real quick. The 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 reason why, I mean, baseball, you're not getting, you know, Three Rivers being a, a, a big, big thing, big stadium was, you're not getting more than 60 in there. If you get 70, boom, there you go. And now it's crazy that the Steelers have never had more in a game. Yeah, I would have that, thought that some playoff that, game would have had yeah, that. Yeah, and that's, that, that's what kind of shocked me because, I mean, the Packers have been there. The Cowboys have been there. Like, that, that to me is just kind of what I think astonished me a little bit was that some of the big, big matchups you've had and – it's Pitt, West Virginia. Like it's kind of cool to think about, but at the same time, it's kind of like a mind boggle. It is a little bit of both, very much a little bit of both. Um, hey, and, and Zach, I loved what you said about the positive of being like, you know what? There's so much to take out of this that, like, while the loss hurts deep and it, it's going to take a while, the the fact that I woke up from my flight to go to Boston at about four a.m. right, and the adjective used to describe the pick was miraculous and that hurt even worse uh-huh. seeing that. Cause I was just trying to t- check the pitching probables for Fenway park on Friday. Right. <laughs> and that, the, of course it pops up miraculous pick six for Pitt, And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And it just, it, yeah, it hurt all over again real quick. Um, but let's just say it for what it is, man. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with what we saw in the process of where we're going, not the result. Let's try to not be results driven here. Uh, like, like a lot of the fan base is sometimes um, no need for therapy, fellas. We can get into a little bit of the negative other than my voice. That's still really all that needs therapy for me coming out of this game. We're going to be three and one heading to Texas. I have no question about it. Oh, I don't, I don't think there's a question, especially seeing how just, God awful VT disgusting was. VT was against hey, old Old Dominion. Like good they had for Ollie no, Jennings. They had no reason losing that game. Like Old Dominion really couldn't get a whole lot going. You know, not seemingly not a whole lot of that was because of Virginia Tech doing anything spectacular. But Virginia Tech was just trying to hand it to him. Grant Wells included West Virginia kid, sure, but man, he was he was doing everything he could to let Old Dominion back in that game. He was rough at times. He was. Like this defense should really pounce on him. Yeah, and Grant Wells, I mean, we I, I could have told you that before. When he's good, he's real good. When he's bad, he can be real bad. And that's and that's against gonna be against better competition all year than old Dominion, too. No offense right. to the monarchs. Um so hey, speaking of competition, do we feel like Pitt is as good as advertised or 
do you think that are we hoping they are kind of situation? I don't think their offense was was all that great. And I think we did a really good job defensively, but the problem for me in the end was that targeting call changed the whole game. I don't think the fourth and ones where it was where it was lost. That targeting, when you have a third and three or third and four coming up potentially, and then you give them the first down, and then what two plays later than the end zone to tie it, that's what changed the game. Are you talking about the one on McCormick? Yep. I mean, that was huge. Already yep. not having Woods, and then you lose that's another, true. another, you know, guy from your secondary when you really couldn't afford it. And not only that, having to replace him with a guy in Mubu Ben Wahad. True freshman had never seen a snap, and oh. then he's out there on the biggest stage he's ever seen. Yeah, and, and he, was, he got exploited. He he's a true freshman. What do you yeah, expect? And it's crazy because I feel like back in the day that would have been like a highlight film to like open up a week that tackle that was made by McCormick, and yet then it's a penalty now, uh, and it's just like uh, it, it it hurts you a little bit down deep. And to know, I mean, you had a third down and three or four inside the ten yard line. That hurts. Yeah, I completely gave him life. Yep. Yeah, I mean that that I, I agree with you. I mean that 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 call that that play is really kind of I think kind of what swings everything, and it's and it's tough. And I and I think we we hope Pitts as good because I think it it helps on the national perception, especially as, as this team continues, you know, to get better and and should win win games and win their fair amount. I, I I still have a lot of question marks about this pit team. Um, I have more about the ACC though. I think. Well, yeah, I, I, and I don't disagree with you there. Um, but I mean, there were a dozen, and I'm being extremely conservative, holding calls that were just blatantly missed. Um, I and Pitt showed a very very susceptible secondary, like. The, this team could end up getting housed by some teams and depending on who they have to play in conference. But um, I mean, I, defensive line wise, yeah, they're as good as advertised. I think their offensive line, I think is a little more hype than it should be. Um, but if they're going to be continued to allow to play that kind of defense on the outside with the key DBs and allowed to play that kind of tackle at the line, then yeah, they're probably going to win eight or nine games, but I don't see the ACC allowing that to happen. But who in the ACC is really going to stay on their way besides Clemson? Because I mean, and I'm not it even could be a week Clemson one fluke. Day. It could be a week one fluke, but NC State didn't look too hot. No, the Wolfpack did not. No, they and, found and, a way. <laughs> and you know what? You may not be real sold on Clemson because they didn't start out real well. Oh, their but... offense is definitely not what it should be, but their defense is ridiculously good. Yep. It, yep. It, it, exactly. is, it, is, it is ridiculously good. And they've got some playmakers on the outside. And I'm going to be honest with you. I will be shocked if DJ still the quarterback at the end of the year. Agreed. Yeah. That, that, that five-star kid they got behind him looked really impressive. I know it's mop-up duty and it's Georgia tech, but he looked very composed that, and very good. That that kid's stud. Kate is a dude. And yeah. Kate I know is Dabo is committed to DJ, but. You know, they, they end up getting down the line. They're able to win and, their games, but it's obvious that their offense could be better. The, I mean, they can't stick with DJ and, when they've got a and, defense and that Dab- good. Dabo has shown he'll switch. He Absolutely. He did it to Kelly Bryant when Trevor the, Lawrence was there. Yeah, it was funny, CJ, you brought that up because they made the analogy it might be more of a Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant than a, you know, than, than anything else type situation. Very right. interesting. Um, Very, very interesting. So, I, fellas, I, I oh, think go ahead. just one more thing about Pitt. I think – 
CJ, I think that your points about their secondary being weak, you know, that's definitely warranted. I, I think, and I, and I get it. They play a lot of man cover zero, but that that's going to get exploited by somebody. And whenever you have such a strong, you know, front seven, you can kind of try and get away with that because you feel like they're going to get pressure pretty quick. But their offensive line, you know, being so senior laden, I understand the, you know, the hype around them. I honestly, I think that our defensive front showed more. Yep. To be really mm-hmm. a formidable force than their offensive line did to show that they're just not any good. Because I just think our defensive front is pretty awesome. I'd agree yeah. with that, Zach. I think our, our defensive line showed up and showed out and probably gave you more confidence than you maybe had in them prior to the game. Even. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, I know the, the, the talk going to the game was obviously Slovis and Daniels, you know, two former USC guys. And to me, watching it and just kind of watching the way it played out, to me, and this isn't a WVU homer take, but to me, Daniels was the better quarterback on the field of the two. Oh, it's you know, a question. I would have to agree, and I don't. I'm not taking anything away from Slovis because no, I mean the kid, He was the very, very solid. He did everything yeah, they needed he, him to do. But that's yeah. the thing. They're not looking for him to put up gargantuan numbers. They're they're looking to build from the run, play action pass, and I mean that worked for him. But 308 yards passing for Slovis. 163 of those after the catch. And, I mean, that's our secondary really helping them. I mean, they got guys make plays. That's fine. There were three or four plays that got busted off because of missed tackles and shoddy coverage. And some of that's because you had guys back there that you didn't plan on anticipating having to play. Also true. But that's part of it. Well, you Um, had that, and we talked about it going into the year, that, you know, that unit was probably going to struggle at times because they are so young back there. Right. I mean, and Charles Woods is the one guy in your secondary that you knew you could count on because he's done it. And then he's gone after 12 snaps. It's like, did did we ever hear an official word on him? Because I never did. He was in a boot. It sounded like from listening to the podcast that I pay attention to the 24 seven sports guys. It sounded like when he was trying to evaluate whether or not he was good enough to maybe go back in the game. He was running around trying to do a little something on the sideline after the camp brought him out of the tent and they had him stop, brought him out in the boot, stayed on the sideline the whole game. And like he was moving around on it. So if it was more serious, you would think he was probably on crutches. He was not. And they never, Neil and his Tuesday press conference never came out and said that they knew anything definitive. If it was something more serious, a fracture or a break, you would think that it was something like that. So maybe it's like a high ankle sprain deal watching the play on the replay when I finally watched the game on TV, it kind of looked like that. It looked like a play that just kind of caught him up the wrong way, maybe a high ankle sprain, which obviously isn't great. Those can be those can linger just as bad as a, a fracture, but hopefully it's something that doesn't linger too long. I think you're right, Zach, in terms of it it's a it's an injury that'll linger a little bit, but it's not to the severity. It's not when you can play through exceptionally well and especially in a big spot like that. I think they knew hey Woods is we're probably better off to just get him rested and get him ready for the rest of the season in the right. big game in the big moments. And yeah, this is only going to help us moving forward for conference play now, having some of these guys take some big snaps in this big game. Oh yeah, it's definitely going to help because you got guys that now have live bullet reps. And I think too if you really think about it it almost works out like let him get you know a couple weeks rest because i mean kansas and townsend i mean i i know we're not going to belittle kansas but 
you know, at least you're not staring at, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You're not staring at kind of that gauntlet. So give him some time to get right. And even yeah, that, if he's that not quite there against Virginia Tech, well. even if he's not quite there against Virginia Tech, I feel like you're pretty confident that you can, you know, get the job done against those guys if you don't want to force him back. Right. You've got three spot. very yeah, three very manageable load games here. <laughs> let's let's not throw the Hokies or the Jayhawks in there quite yet. I mean, I'm with you guys. I just said we'd be three and one, but let's I, let's let's get it done first. Let's talk negatives real quickly here. I think the biggest one, obviously, how'd you feel about the fourth and one call? I, I think it. We're talking about it because it didn't work, right? Like, exactly. It's 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 results based. That's how it always works, especially with our fan yep. base and any other fan base. If it doesn't work, people are going to complain. I mean, it works. You're a genius. That's now, just how it is. Yep. Now, granted, I do think that if you get it, you probably salt the game away. For um, sure. I mean, you now, get granted, a little range, and a half you minutes. make it a two-possession game. Right. Now, granted, at the same time, if you don't get the, the targeting call on McCormick and you force them on, on that next third down play to have to punt, you're going to get the ball around midfield with about four and a half minutes to go anyway. So, like – it it's 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 a situation where like like we said if they don't get a target call maybe everything's a little bit different on that avenue of it but even then they scored a tie right and then the next play is what happens with Bryce Ward Wheaton which we all know um but it's like it was just the, it was the kind of uh the domino effect of the way the events occurred which is why I think everyone is so up in arms about Neil Brown I think you made the right decision in the moment I would have done the same thing probably I was I was ah. in the stands clamoring for him to punt because but you're gassed. They were gassed though, you know. In those circumstances, normally I'm, you know, typically, hey, go for it, you're fine. But midfield, the way Ollie Straw had been punting, which yep, just to throw a quick precursor into the positive section, I think we got a punter. I think he's yes. solid. What he had like three especially. inside the ten, Zach. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And yeah. put one within the ten when you had to have one mm-hmm. on that that punt on fourth yep. and one, yep. but he'd been punting well. The defense in the fourth quarter had been holding pit pretty, pretty damn well. Like you were happy with what they were doing. You could tell on both sides of the ball to me, it seemed like that West Virginia's conditioning and athleticism was really carrying them through to the end when Pitt looked like they were starting to get tired. And, you know, that shows when we were getting more push on the, in the run game which makes me wonder if we're leaning on them like that on a fourth and one. I get people. I get that. Yeah, that too. I, totally. I, I was actually screaming at the TV to go for it. Um, and I know why you punt it there, and I don't disagree with the logic on it. There's logic on um, both ends, though. That's the thing. Yep, exactly. Because my thing was is, is Donaldson had been running. Like, to me, it would have been, okay, you know what? I'm giving it to 12, and you're going to prove to me you can bring him down. Well, he but ran the point before that, if you remember, and he got less than a yard. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you needed – a foot if that i mean it was it was pretty close here's here's the only thing about the whole way that whole thing went down that i didn't like if you're gonna run out there and you're gonna try and maybe draw them off sides and if you don't get it take the delay a game why in the hell and it's not just neil but why in the hell do people run that out of the shotgun put him under center if if, if ultimately it's going to be where we're taking the delay a game or they're jumping put him under center at least give the the thought that hey they might be going because nobody in their right mind knows you're doing that out of the shotgun. See, I thought that they might run up under center and try to get Pitt to jump in a situation like that, at least try to draw them off sides. But I don't 
think that's they what i'm saying put him, put him put him under center there don't put him in the gun but no, I get what you're saying, Zach. You, you go back in the gun, then you real quickly go up there to try and like maybe fake the sneak at the at the back end of the play, pretty much. Something at least yeah. to draw, try and draw off sides, or you know if they don't get it, you back up five yards and you punt. It gives you a little more room to try and stick it in there. But you know the punt was made. That was the call that was made on the field. And again, if Pitt but doesn't I, score I, there yeah, and, and, and WVU ends up it. winning, then it's not a problem. Yep. If we go yeah. for them fourth down, they don't get it. Neil Brown, you're you're an idiot. You, why would you give them the ball at midfield when they're they're down seven? Exactly. That's, that's oh, the thing. No, you're damned I, if you do, you're damned if you don't. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, I get the logic because of where they were field position wise. Um, and I like I said, I don't have a problem with the punt, but my initial was just all right, get up under center and give it to twelve and and prove to me you can bring him down again. But probably and i'll say this the right decisions probably made there um you just end up with the with with the targeting call and it kind of flips momentum right and like i said the defense had been you know holding them pretty well for the most part in the third or in the fourth quarter primarily and it's it's just one of those things where you know you have and you can you can spin this either way you want to, but in that situation, you're up seven about halfway through the fourth quarter and you pin them deep. If they score, at least you've got plenty of time to get the score back, get a three and win. Yep. And, and if, that's what and and if they don't score, then you're in perfect shape still. And Zach, I think what you just said about getting, getting the three for the win is exactly what would have happened had Fort Wheaton been able to haul that ball. In. Cause he's already at the pit 45, Right when he when that ball flicks off his off his hands and and, and I want to say run two that things. route a hundred times and it's a completion ninety nine. I mean, right on. It's not even like the ball hit him as he was turning. He had been turned. He was sitting, and Devonshire was off him so much. Yep. I mean, that tip flew close oh. to ten yards. Devonshire almost didn't catch it, and like it really is unfortunate because Wheaton absolutely busted his ass and had the game of his career yep. up to that point. I mean, he, Remember that catch he, he went up to three dudes and made that play? It was incredible. Yes, and he, granted, he also had a drop on a deep pass, had another drop later in the game, and then that was obviously the drop on the pick six. But it's really unfortunate that, that play is going to overshadow that, but that's unfortunately the way the dominoes fall sometimes. But I want to I just add one more wrinkle into this whole thing with the Devonshire pick six. I don't know if you all realize this or remember this, but MJ Devonshire was a West Virginia recruit. He was a, a guy that they were really targeting in that class and ended up going to Kentucky while Pitt was still recruiting him as well. Went to Kentucky, ended up transferring to Pitt. And of course, he's the one who makes this play when he just as easily could have ended up in Morgantown. And just adds another wrinkle to the whole. The whole thing and the rivalry and the brawl. Yep. Yep. Oh, I've got a feeling in about another year from now when they come to Morgantown, uh, it's going to be real fun again. And I do want to bring up one other quick thing, real quick, Zach, to the point about them maybe being, having more people than us. While they might have had more people, we were way more boisterous. And when they played Sweet Caroline, oh, that was epic. Electric. Epic. And they knew it, and they almost, like, just 
took it. Like I don't even know how else to put it. Like we we owned him on that one. Like it, it sure sounded to me him. like there was a lot more let eat shit pit than let's go pit. Like Absolute. they were trying to do that. It wasn't happening. Nope. It wasn't even wasn't even competitive. We owned him in that moment. Because we had the game at the we had the game going our way too at that time. Um yeah, and you, you could hear a little bit over you know over the TV broadcast, like you could kind of hear the back and forth going, and the, obviously the Mountaineer fan sounded a little bit louder. But I hope the Pitt Athletic Department got a picture of that stadium because it's going to be a long time before they see it that damn full again. Uh, <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, they might have two thousand people at their next home game. Well, they won't because it's Tennessee this weekend. They'll they'll have some people there. No, okay. won't be no seventy thousand. No, it won't be. I I venture to bet fifty I'll give them 50. You know why? Because Tennessee will help them. Big time. There'll be a lot of orange in the crowd uh, on Saturday. Guarantee that. Um, guys, let's let's get into our game Saturday real quick here. I mean, b- bounce back spot. Jayhawks coming in uh, off a 56-point performance offensively against Tennessee Tech. They, they have their own Jay Daniels at quarterback. Pretty good. Played well against us last year in the final game of the year. Beat Texas. He scares me, but the rest of the team does not. And if we run the ball the way we ran the ball against Pitt, we're going to be just fine. That That's one thing that, that gets me. I mean, you you think about going into the game. If you were told that you put up almost 200 yards rushing, you did put up 200 yards net rushing, not counting sacks, and you hold Pitt to under 100, I mean, you think you're winning that game 10 times out of 10. In, in, <laughs> right, and I think it was the nine point nine that just happened. Right, and that's that's one thing I want to mention too about the offensive line, and I I don't mean to belabor too much on the pit game. There's just so much that's on my mind about it. But hey, the fire away, buddy. I think it's still the way everybody's feeling right now. Oh yeah, and it's going to stick with you for a long time. But that offensive line for WVU got pushed, and like you said, that's about the best defensive front. They're going to see all season. I really do believe that. Like that's, yep. I mean, let's put it this way: defensive line. Let's and, put it this way: that defensive line is going to be on par with or better than every single one of them, and maybe the only couple that might even come close. Maybe Oklahoma, maybe Texas, maybe Oklahoma State. I, I, mean, I don't think so. They lost a lot on that side. They did. Of the ball. Yeah. They did. Uh, but hey, also the real quick, Zach. Talking about it sticks with you. One thing I love that I heard, and it kind of goes into getting back into the Kansas game. JT Daniels' press conference this week. He's a man. I'm telling you what, impressed. That's a leader. I mean, he's more impressive than Dana Holgerson ever was at, at the mic. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, you know, I can. I don't even have to really try hard right now. You know, <laughs> no, you already out. got the voice going. Yeah, I'm, I've got the gravel with Dana going here. Um, man. It was just impressive to hear him talk and, and, and the way he was talking about the game and, and kind of the different nuances. And I'm like, man, this – I feel real good about this team, even more than I did even – I just keep feeling better and better about it. The more and more I hear this guy talk, the more and more I look at the game. I think we could still have a special year. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it definitely could be a special year. And, and uh, you, you bring that up about JT. And I think the, the interesting thing was, and I don't know how you guys could see it from where you were, but when they'd show him on the sidelines, the quarterbacks 
Green, Nico, all Crowder, they were always around him. They were always engaged and they were always talking to him. There is no doubt that he is the leader of A, that room and B, this team. And the I love Washington, to hear that. Yeah. And to see those guys gravitate to him, and it, and it didn't look, it looked like they were picking his brain. Like it was conversations about what was going on and what he was seeing. Like it was, it, it was really fascinating to see when they showed him on the sidelines, those guys around him. And that's that's what you want. Like that's exactly how you want that locker room dynamic to be because we've all played sports. We all understand what that can be if you have a guy to rally around, especially when it's your quarterback. I mean, that's exactly what you need on a team that is going to have any kind of success because I mean, if you look at recent quarterbacks dating back to Will Greer, there hasn't been that guy that has, one, commanded the room, or two, had the ability to go out there and play and put that – you know, put that weight behind his words. You know what I'm saying? Well, exactly. And Zach, I think this is a crucial thing. And, and you know, this being a coach as well, that when your best player is your leader of your team, yep. the unquestioned leader, and is and it kind of the, the team is policed essentially by the player mm-hmm. and that leader, everything else kind of falls into place. I mean, and I've it's, just it's, got that feeling. That's what we're about to see here this fall. I'm with you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's said mm-hmm. that, Coach-led teams can be good. Player-led teams can be great. Yep. And I'm not necessarily saying that this West Virginia team this season will be great. Maybe it is. But it has that potential to get there. And that's that's the kind of situation you need, you need to have to be in that position. Uh, absolutely. And so, I mean, guys, I, we're, we're, we're getting still kind of ahead. Of, and we kind of joked about this prior to the pit game about – projections you know pre-pit and post-pit right but i'll go ahead and say this right now i i feel like my prediction i even with the loss i feel like i want to go higher than what i did in the preseason and i i kind of got to thinking about that too when it comes down to it you're already on one if you want to bump it up to even a nine and three finish you're gonna have to go nine and two the rest of the way i think it's conceivable and i think it's i think it could very easily happen it's possible it's very very tough but i mean i'm not going to say it's impossible i won't do that well i mean look at this way i even say this let's just say that you let's say you go and you win the next three and then you you play texas let's say you lose a tight one to texas but then you come back home and you get baylor you know you, you get a game you're not supposed to get maybe eventually, right? Or you split the Baylor-Texas result either way, four and two. Then you've got three games, I think, that are very winnable. Iowa State, TCU, and Texas Tech, right, with the injuries. And TCU didn't look good at all against Colorado. Didn't Tech lose Shuck again? They did. Absolutely did. And then Iowa State, to me, I'm just not buying them quite yet without Purdy and Brees Hall. I mean, Matt Campbell can be a great coach. I just I'm, – I'm not there with them. You could be seven and two – Heading in to to the ball game with Oklahoma. Yeah, no, I, I I'd agree with you on that, Blaine, and I, I think it's tough too because I was kind of checking in because we had talked about this um, as, as we were previewing the pit game about how wide open the the Big Twelve is, and you don't really feel like there's that dominant team. And it, I still feel that way. And I still feel that way because nobody, and I get it, the level of competition, but nobody I sat there and went, wow, okay, that, that, that's a juggernaut. And the sad part is, is, is you look at kind of the rest of the schedules for everybody else in the Big 12, 
I'm not sure we're really going to learn anything about anybody until probably what October. I disagree, CJ. I think this weekend we learn a lot about. Some well, teams we're going to Texas and Alabama. We're, we're going to learn Texas is nowhere near the weight class of Alabama. I think we learn a lot about Iowa State this weekend versus Iowa. A little bit. I mean, Iowa, if they can score a touchdown, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I, 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 seven to three. Give okay, me a break. But and that and that's seven right. Three going, no I don't touchdowns. think you're going to learn anything because Iowa is who Iowa is. They're going to run the ball three well, times, and they're either going to move the chains or they're going to punt. But CJ, I think you learn about them because, <laughs> and, and I say this, um, <laughs> because you're you you are going to see. Can Iowa State finally slay them? I mean, they haven't beat them in years. Like, and Iowa State with a new quarterback and Deckers who put up very good numbers in week one, but again, against, you know, a team that isn't really worth mentioning, but I was going to be a damn good defense that they're going to have to face. And I mean, it's going to be a true test for them. It'll be interesting to see what they can do. It'll be interesting to see if Texas can even hold a little bit of water against Alabama. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be telling. I, mean, I, yeah, I think, I think yeah, Texas I mean, I think will play up, tight. But I mean... And even Texas Tech playing Houston, that's a good matchup. Hey, Baylor and Oklahoma BYU State, this weekend. Oklahoma State gave up 44 to who? Central Michigan? Yeah. Yes, I mean, Central they're playing, Michigan. They're playing Arizona State. Not to say Arizona State's good, but you would think they'll be better than Central Michigan. I mean, you got Houston, Texas Tech. And then you've got Baylor BYU. I think you learn right. a lot about the Big Twelve this weekend. I, I, I think you learn a little, but I think it's also still still tough. And oh, and it is. Like, What's well, more informative than later? Well, and, it, and it's yeah. tough too because you got to remember, you know, last year Pitt opens the year loses to Western Michigan and then rattles off eleven in a row. So right, it's not week one is not all knowing and all telling. It is what it is, but you know, you got to you got to take the results as you get them. Oh, oh yeah. I, 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 absolutely. And that's and and I think that's the thing that's driving me crazy right now with with a lot of the fan bases is because you said it earlier, it's results based. But we've kept saying it and the people that are listening to us, I want you to keep hearing this, is the results are gonna come what it, it, stop stop just viewing wins and losses as to whether or not this thing's in the right direction. Right. Because that's going to come. And one thing I want to say too about that kind of that same point, you mentioned that it seemed pretty clear to everybody that watched the game and, you know, has a pretty good idea about this stuff. It seemed like Daniels was at least marginally, if not fairly, you know, fairly confidently the better thrower of the football, the better quarterback than Slovis. And if you look at just the stats, that's not going to bear itself out. No, you watch right. the game. You watch the throws and where he was putting balls, and how he was hanging in the pocket, how he was throwing, taking hits, all that stuff. His, his I mean, you've got a presence, guy there. There's no yeah, question. His, yeah, his pocket presence was so much better than I thought. And his command, this was his command of the offense. Like he was out there, and he, I mean, you read stuff in articles and things like that about comments he made in his press conference. I mean, he could make checks at the line and did make checks at the line under his own, you know. I mean, he checked into both Bryce Ford Wheaton touchdown passes. Right. He checked into runs to Donaldson. I mean, he he knows what he has out there and what looks to attack. Like, that's – and I understand that he's played a lot of football. He's got a lot of pedigree, smart guy, familiarity with Harold's offense, all that stuff. This is week one, and he's doing all these things. Things should only 
become more fluid and more, I guess, solid overall offensively as the season progresses. So that's that's another thing that gets you excited about this team and this offense in particular that's been so just so stagnant for the past few years. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think the thing that gets hey. lost on Daniels too is is you gotta remember he was undefeated at Georgia before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I don't think it's lost to those that know what's going on there. No, it's it, I mean, it, it, game two, and then he won all the games the prior year. I'll right. say this real quick. We talked earlier, CJ, you mentioned about Pat McAfee saying it's a dangerous team. Was well, a dangerous offense now? And I'm glad to know we're going to get that analysis on game day. Pat bringing that brand and our brand to game day. I think it's going to be great for us. Like we are dangerous again. We have yeah, that he, gene again. And yeah. we look so good in those country roads uniforms. Oh, can we go like, to those full time? I agree. Those are dope. I agree. And Kansas wouldn't know what hit him if we rock those bad boys Saturday night at six o'clock. Granted, also real quick here on, on that note, guys, they're trying to say this is a night game. I I, I disagree. Night game starts start at seven, seven or eight o'clock, right? Right. Yep, I agree. Okay. But it will go into the evening to you know, after after the sun goes down. So I'll it's take gonna it. be it's gonna be great um radio for, for me and my dad heading back from South Bend. I'm kind of excited about it. Hey, I'll be there in Morgantown. Can't wait. I know Man. it's gonna be uh you know it's gonna be hopefully loud because first home game, people hopefully be a little pissed yep. off. Oh, after, and the students, uh, the students have got a whole day to get rowdy for this. This doesn't oh, yeah. typically happen for the home opener. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, no, it, it yeah, it, it should be an electric crowd. And and for those that'll be like me, stuck watching on TV, it's on the Big Twelve now, ESPN Plus. Oh, always a great broadcast. <laughs> yep, gonna find Caridi on TuneIn. That's for sure. That's better. Um, yep. Uh, now he, here's the thing, fellas. Real quickly, let's let's kind of break this down uh, just a little bit. Kansas hasn't played uh, any you know any big competition this year. Their last you know Power Five opponent was us last year in that tight game that got us the bowl eligibility. We know Daniels can make their Daniels can run a little bit and make plays. I know Devin Neal's got some breakout ability at running back. I still don't trust their defense on the whole. Um, I mean, what are we thinking? Our spread here is 13 in the hook for the Mounties at home, and the total in this game is at 60. Uh, how are we feeling here? I kind of like us, and I kind of like the under. Yeah, I, I love us um, covering, and I'm, I'm, I'm on the under. I would probably agree. I could see like uh, 40, I don't know. 48-10. Ooh, that was close. I was going to go 42-10. So, yeah, we're, we're in the same ballpark. I, I really think we're going to we're gonna go out there and try and kick some ass because every one of those guys is going to have a crappy taste in their mouth. And Daniel said it. This team has a lot of fight. He loves what, you know, he's got in that locker room and who he's battling alongside. And I know that a lot of that is, you know, him trying to be a leader, him trying to rally the troops after a devastating loss, all that good stuff. But it's great I, to hear. I think, it, I think it's accurate. I really yep. do. I don't think it's it, all lip service. It, it seemed very genuine. He didn't have to think a lot when he was talking. It felt right. like he was just up there almost Speaking like he was having a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Straining him. Yeah. You it, know? Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> let him know. Very, he left no doubt. Let's say yeah. Right. I mean, it, it felt very genuine. And the thing that I uh, – you know, I kind of took away is, is, and you haven't really seen this in the last couple of years, though, 
was is is those guys were i mean they were out there they were fighting and I, some of it's yeah it's pit it's a backyard brawl but there were times even last year where like something bad would happen and you'd almost see the entire sideline deflate that didn't happen with this group no no it didn't and you know we we kind of you kind of heard them talk about how cohesive as a unit this team was in the off season and you hate to say it, sometimes defections, because they're not a part of the culture you're trying to build, sometimes, even if they played, you, it, it kind of makes you better. And I think this might be a situation where, you know, uh, we might have a, some addition from subtraction type situation with what we lost. Now, granted, it would have been nice maybe having Mesador come off the end once on one Thursday and maybe having uh, Nick Troy Fortune back there for depth <laughs> in the secondary or – some of those guys that we lost, right? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it, it probably would have been could have helped a lot. But I'm with you guys, and you know what? The more and more I sit here and think about it, well, I, I think I it think helps the overs the, the play. By the way, I think we're going to score, and I think they'll get a late kind of backdoorish touchdown or two, and we'll get that over. I could definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I just I, I'm going to stick with the under. But I mean, and I agree with you, Blaine. I think having some of those guys, you know, from a talent standpoint, would have been. A, a big bonus, but I, I think to the bigger point, and you mentioned it is, is the culture that Neil's building. I think that is, that's the more important thing than the talent right now is, is getting that put in a place where it's a, it, it's a positive culture. It's an effective culture. And it's, you know, Bob Huggins esque right? Guys yep. are just going to fight and scrap and they're going to run through walls. Absolutely. And, and I think that's being put in, I think it was put in place. I think we're going to see it all year. Fellas, we're going to do two things before we get out of here real quick. I want your I want your your record for the season now, and then I want a game pick. Are we deferring? We know we know what happens here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll defer on this, and I'll start off on the game picks. How about that? I'm I'm so shocked by this this development here of <laughs> this deference. <laughs> Hey, you could defer and do them both at the same time, CJ, if you wanted to. You know, no, no, yeah. Uh, all right, so record. You know, despite the loss, because I, 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 you know, and not to toot my own horn, but I did say three and one coming out of these first four. I was the only one, so looking, looking, looking pretty good for well, that. Well, me and Blaine should have been on track for four and zero, but that's not. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 yeah, but that's not how we're doing it. The miraculous pick six. Ugh. I'm going to say nine and three. Okay. There you go. I am going to stick with my original pick before the season started and stick with eight and four just because I know how things can go. And if I'm on the low end, I'll be thrilled. So I'm going to leave myself open for a really nice surprise. I, Zach, I got to agree with you. I think eight and four is the floor for this team. CJ, I think nine and three is probably where they go, but I'm going to buck both of you. I'm going to go 10 and two playing in the big 12 title game. I don't know what happens once we get there though. Can can you, can you tell me something? 10 win seasons don't happen often, man. But you've got a quarterback that we haven't had here. Uh, Yeah, he didn't do it. 
That's let good me, point. Let me ask you something, Blaine. How does that uh, how does that blue and gold Kool Aid taste? Is it delicious? It, it's always delicious, Zach. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'll tell you, I, and because I think it it happens. I want to be optimistic. We're gonna lose another game for sure. It's gonna be a heartbreaker. We're truly gonna need therapy for that one. Um, in, in reality, you're probably right, CJ. It probably is more nine and three, but I, I want to believe that JT can get it done and get us to the promised land, maybe playing in a Big 12 title down there at Jerry World in the first week of December. We've got – he's got the ability to do it. What I saw on Thursday with my own eyes, I loved. And we're only going to get better. If we stay healthy, and I just – I buy this could be special. I really do. Let me me talk one of that real quick. And some people aren't maybe going to want to hear this, but I truly do – believe in this kind of stuff and the psychology of it all. It's, it's kind of unquestionable that you learn from a loss harder in in bad lessons and losses, things like that. It just sticks because it it makes you feel like crap. Zach, I'll agree with this hundred percent. We were the better team Thursday. I think we'll be the better team by the end of the year because of what happened. Pitt probably has a lot. They should take out of that game. But they're oh, high yeah. stepping. They think they they think they're still a top fifteen program. They're getting all the pats on the butt all all week on the back. You know, Tennessee might come in there and blow their doors off them. Right. Then they're reeling. I mean, they're favored by six. Tennessee is going yeah. to pit. That's typically, a setup game for Pitt to drop. Typically, when you are a ranked team hosting a non-ranked team and you are a dog, somebody knows something, right? Somebody knows something. So, I I truly do believe it. I think you learn more, like you said coming out of defeat i just there's something and i i said it that night i thought maybe we let the special season kind of fall through our you know through our fingertips but then after hearing jt this week and kind of thinking more about it and just kind of vibing more on on this team i still feel really good about it now granted eight and four floor 10 and two ceiling i still feel that way i i can get behind that i really can the floor and the ceiling i really do think that's that's accurate and let me take it just one step further. You know, you come out of a game like that where you made plenty of mistakes. And Pitt, Pitt didn't play it clean either. Don't get me wrong. No. 11 penalties for West Virginia. Five, I believe, five false starts by my count. Think about and the two bad snaps on the, opening, on the opening possession by Frazier, too. Right. Getting a mm-hmm. little nervous. Yep. Running a little high. Thankfully, Daniels didn't lose it. I mean, we had a couple fumbles a few fumbles that we recovered, thankfully. Obviously, the one by Prather after we, you know, two plays after we got them to fumble, fumble right back to him back in their territory. That kind of stuff. Handed them points on that pretty much. Handed them points. And you think about it. You you take those points off the board that shouldn't have been there. We should have scored off that or at least, pen, you know, pinned them back. You take that seven off the board. You take the pick six off the board. That defense gave up 24 points. And in a first game on the road, in a game like that, losing your best cornerback, I mean that you can you can kind of stomach that, but eleven penalties, five five false starts, and a few of them in very untimely circumstances. You know, targeting getting ejected, obviously the tip ball that led to the pick six. All these different things that you are fixable, mind you. All the yep. things that you can clean up. 
that's stuff that you're going to pay even more attention to the week after and the weeks and months after mm-hmm. because you've just got that awful taste in your mouth losing to a team, especially a team in Pitt who nobody can stand. It's I really do believe in the psychology of that working in your favor because you will have more motivation to fix those things and to just drive even harder after a loss like that whenever you can kind of get complacent whenever you make those mistakes and squeak out a win, especially the way Pitt did. That's just my take on it. 1,000% agree. Like yeah, that can, That's a loss that can really spur you. Maybe like it did Pitt last year, like you mentioned. And yeah. that wasn't and that wasn't to us. It was to Western Michigan. More right. Doesn't sting even close to as bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I completely, completely agree with you on that, Zach. Sorry, I had to get off on that tangent because I no. it's been burning a hole in my brain I, all week. I agree with it. Let's do some picks. Actually, real quick here. I'll just go ahead and say it now. Does everyone just agree we're we're gonna get over 40 this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Do we? I think you guys are probably thinking Kansas isn't going to get over twenty, though. Is that what you're? Is that what I'm hearing? I would think not. No, no. I'm thinking like forty-eight to seventeen. So you get that over, and we maybe the combination of like five touchdowns, four field goals, six touchdowns, three field goals, something like that. For us, I'm actually going to up my prediction. I was thinking forty-eight ten. I'm going to say. 50, let me think here, oh, 55 to 14. Okay, CJ. Uh, I'm going to stick with my original 42-10. I'll go 51-20. 50 Okay, let me let me throw one more in there for you. CJ Donaldson. Total yards, total yards. Plus or minus eighty four and a half. Over eighty over over eighty five. Okay. I got another one for you guys real quick here. Priceford Wheaton. Over seven catches. Over. Yeah, over. Under three drops. Uh, I'm just going to say under too the- soon. Too soon. I know. And you know what's funny? Michael, Michael Sussman, who's going to, we're going to, he's going to join us here and there. My buddy from the, from the Dirty Birds who calls the games with me, he's the one who asked the first question, Neil, about the drops. Mm. And, and Neil got real chippy on him. Yeah, he did. But then I'll tell you what, he came back and said, Yep, you were right, Mike. He made Greg Hunter's bitch right there. <laughs> took the first question from Greg Hunter. I told him that, and I said, Mike, you know. And he's like, he just kind of laughed, and I kind of loved it. Um, fellas, back as always, enjoy enjoy the mo, man. It's going to be a nice little evening for you, CJ. Enjoy it down there in North Carolina. I'm going to go watch Marshall play in South Bend. An opportunity to see, to see that is going to be great. That'll be a fun time. It's going to be fun. Townsend next week, fellas. Um, We'll just kind of – we'll probably go light there, maybe rest our voices before the Hokie game. Still trying to figure out if I'm going to make the trip up for Towson or not. I'm I'm 50-50 on it. I've got the I, ticket. Might might turn around and sell it. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough. It's Townsend. You know what right. I mean? Is it a noon kick? It, I don't know. If it, I think it might be a 1 o'clock. 
regardless. Early kick, that's tough. That's a tough turnaround. That's a tough turnaround. Yeah, it's a one o'clock kick for Townsend. Especially, tough... especially having season tickets and knowing that I'm not going to get a whole lot of weekends at home there for a little bit. So I might, I might take. That you might. I, I think you do take it there, Zach. I think you do. I think you enjoy it. I think you, you you get two dubs in a row, and then we get ready for Blacksburg and Austin. It's going to be fun. Can't. Yes, hey, the optimism is through the roof, fellas. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. Till next time, y'all. Take it easy. JT Friesman. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains.